Hello and welcome to the LDS Study Session with Come Follow Me. This is Series 2, Episode 11, and I'm your host, Matthew Roberts. We are here studying today further into the Come Follow Me sections for the week. Before we do so, I wanted to share something which I like quite liked from First Nephi, Chapter 6, Verse 5, uh, which talks about um, why Nephi is writing these plates. And it says there, Wherefore, the things which are pleasing unto the world I do not write, but the things which are pleasing unto God and unto those with the things I write, which are pleasing unto God and unto those who are not of the world. Uh, and I thought it was interesting, and I, I heard this on another podcast, that the Book of Mormon and our desire to study it is like a barometer of how we are in the world or not of the world, or not it, yeah, not of the world. Um, basically, if we desire to read the book and to study the words it contained in there, then that indicates that we are n- more not of the world uh, that like we should be. Um, and so I, I quite like that thought. Uh, and so certainly my uh, excitement at studying this year, I'm quite pleased about. So um, we're looking at the section um, in the Come Follow Me study, January the 6th to January the 12th, first Nephi chapters 1 to 7, I will go and do. Uh, and it's, we're still in the section covering first Nephi 3 to 4, God will prepare a way for me to do his will. So we had just left off uh, where the uh, angel appears to uh, the brothers after Laban and Lemuel um, became wroth with Nephi. Uh, and now uh, the angel has left. Uh, and yet we find that uh, straight away in verse 1, they are still murmuring. Um, in verse 2, Nephi says this, Therefore let us go up and let us be strong like unto Moses. For he truly spake unto the waters of the Red Sea, and they divided hither and thither. And our fathers came through on, out of captivity on dry ground. And I'll stop it there. So they are arguing that Laban can command 50 and slay 50, then why not us? Uh, and Nephi states that we, they need to be strong like unto Moses, to, to have that trust in the, in the Lord. Um, what I found interesting was that in... Um, when we look at the example of Moses, uh, we can go to a, a scripture in Deuteronomy, uh, which says uh, this, Deuteronomy 11.8, which says, Therefore shall ye keep all the commandments which I get, command you this day, that ye may be strong, and go in and possess the land, whither ye go to possess it. And the Lord says here in Deuteronomy um, to Moses that uh, if you want to be strong, then you need to keep the commandments. And Nephi here is clearly demonstrating this desire to be obedient, which will help them to be strong. Uh, and I just thought there was an interesting link there between strength in the Lord and obedience, which we know that as we, are, as we obey, and as we strive to become more worthy, then we are able to receive more of the power of the Lord. We move on, and Nephi decides that he is going to enter the city without his brothers. Interestingly, his brothers do follow him to the city, but he, he goes in without them. Uh, then, and Nephi decides this, and then in verse 6, we come to this well-known verse, which many, many people quote, uh, and I was led by the Spirit, not knowing beforehand the things which I should do. Now, I, I want to make a very clear point here, uh, and Elder da- David A. Bednar is going to help with this. Uh, in a talk called The Spirit of Revelation in April 2011, Elder David A. Bednar said this, quote, The gradual increase from light radiating from the rising sun is like receiving a message from God, line upon line, precept upon precept. Most frequently, 
Revelation comes in small increments over time and is granted according to our desire, worthiness and preparation. Such communications from Heavenly Father gradually and gently distill upon our souls as the dews of heaven. This pattern of revelation tends to be more common than rare and is evident in the experiences of Nephi as he tried several approaches before successfully obtaining the plates of brass from Laban. Ultimately, he was led by the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things beforehand, the things which he should do. And he did not learn how to build a ship of curious workmanship all at one time. Rather, Nephi was shown by the Lord from time to time after what manner he should work the timbers of the ship. Close quote. I think this uh, understanding of how we can be led by the Spirit, not knowing what to, beforehand what to do, we need to understand a couple of things. First of all, that uh, it comes after we have put the work in ourselves. Um, sometimes, you know, not so much now, but in the past I've heard people come and, oh, I'll just follow the Spirit, you know, I'll just, uh, I've got this lesson, but I'll just do it by the Spirit. And, you know, whilst obviously the Spirit needs to be there for that lesson, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't prepare beforehand. As Alder Bednar pointed out, the preparation is important. Um, we may look to this story as an example of how, you know, the Lord will provide a way um, even without that preparation, but that's not the case because we we sometimes forget that this is this happens after Nephi and his brothers have had two different uh, two different approaches themselves that they've tried to work through, um, and so they've done their part and they've got led to this point, and then the Lord will take them the rest of the way, uh, and so that's important. It's not a lazy reliance on the Spirit, but it is a uh, Nephi done all that he possibly could do, and then he put himself in the Lord's hand. We then move on to the next verse and find Laban in a in a drunken drunken with wine, uh, and in verse ten uh, it says, "And it came to pass that I was constrained by the Spirit that I should kill Laban, but I said in my heart, never at any time have I shed the blood of a man, and I shrunk and would that not would that I might not slay him." Now. Obviously, this is another talking point in this chapter, the fact that Nephi was, was prompted by the Spirit seemingly uh, to break one of the Ten Commandments. Nephi knew the Ten Commandments. He was an Israelite. Uh, he was aware that uh, of the commandment that he shouldn't kill. However, uh, what we need to understand is that this commandment uh, was given that people should not kill as an intent that they should not murder. Um, and there is a difference between what between that and what is happening here in this chapter. Uh, firstly, I'm going to share a quote by Hartman Rector Jr., uh, who said this, quote, Nephi went to Jerusalem determined to obtain the records of his people. The Lord commanded it, and he recognized on the errand, he rec oh, as he proceeded on the errand, he recognized the risk. Laban had threatened the life and the lives of his brothers. He found Laban drunk and received the clear command from the Lord to slay Laban, and he obeyed. Consider now Cain. He was jealous of Abel, a righteous man whose offering was acceptable to the Lord God. Cain, in his jealousy and in his greed, listened to Satan, and urged by him, he slew Abel in order to obtain his brother's flocks. In the one case, one was entirely righteous in his motive. In the other, the motive was entirely evil. Motive is the main difference in these two acts in which the men were slain. Close quote. Now, obviously, we could argue here, well, how did Nephi know that it was from God? How did he, It could have been from Satan. You know, how, how did he know that this prompting, this decision to kill Laban was from God? Well, I think I've heard, I remember hearing in, in a talk that if we want to know the, a difference between a prompting from God or something that isn't a prompting from God, we need to consider a number of things in that. 
but one of the things we need to consider is, does it break any of the commandments that we know? Um, in Isaiah 55, verses 8 to 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, are my thoughts your thoughts. Nephi was given a clear rationale by the Spirit why this had to happen. And when this is where we hear the phrase, it's better than one man perish, that a nation should dwindle and perish in unbelief. But aside from all of that, the spiritual rationale and the, the, the righteous motives behind this act, there is also um, the fact that we can consider what would happen if this went to a court of law. We need to remember that Laban uh, was, in fact, endangering the lives of Nephi and his brethren. We know that Laban is a powerful man from the statements that Laban and Lemuel make, stating that he commands 50, yea, he can even slay 50. Um, and so we do not know the context of what is going on here. We do not know uh, the, the nature of the hunt that are, is on right now for Nephi and his brothers. We know that they are all known to Laban by face because they have all gone to see him. We know that they are all known by face by the guards and by the soldiers that, uh, that Laban commands. And even at that moment, they, they, may, they may still be patrols that, patrolling for these brothers in a, in a search to kill them. And so the safest thing for Nephi at this stage, this, the, the best thing for his own self-defense is most likely to kill Laban. For even if they did try and escape into the wilderness, they could be tracked down. We don't know, you know what, how many of these soldiers Laban might send up, just a, a, hunt, a group after them to hunt them down. And so this is, is a case of self-defense. And we know from the scriptures that in many instances, in self-defense and in warfare, um, that killing was, was acceptable unto the Lord. Now, it's interesting that this story is put right at the start of the Book of Mormon because it does make a number of people question. Uh, certainly, when I was on my mission, you know, there was a couple of individuals that read the Book of Mormon and were concerned by this story right near the beginning where Nephi was, was told to kill a person, was to, to kill another person. Um, but it does help us to use our faith and, and rely on our faith to have that uh, understanding that this is uh, an, an instance where the spirit was indeed prompting Nephi to do something which would save the life of his brothers uh, in the short term, their physical lives, but it would also save the spiritual lives of many, many others uh, afterwards. In fact, in Mosiah chapter 1, verse 5, it said this, I say unto you, my sons, were it not for these things, talking about the plates of brass, which have been kept and preserved by the hand of God, that we might read and understand of his mysteries and have his commandments always before our, our eyes, that even our fathers would have dwindled in unbelief, and we should have been like unto our brethren, the Lamanites, who know nothing concerning these things, or even or even do not believe them when they are taught them because of, because of the tra traditions of their fathers, which are not correct. So this law, these plates of brass were, were necessary, were vital. Uh, and there is also contextual reasons why this killing was in a, in, a, in a sense of self-defense or of warfare between Laban and Nephi and his brothers. We are well over 10 minutes now, but I do want to close with uh, uh, the experience of Zoran. I'm not going to go too much in depth into it because of the time, but I am going to look at verse 33, which says, And I spake unto him, even with an oath, that he need not fear that, we should be free, that he should be a free man like unto us if he would go down into the wilderness with us. And then in verse 37... And it came to pass that when Zoram had made an oath with us, our fears did cease concerning him. 
we often speak about how, you know, clearly in the Book of Mormon, an oath was a, a powerful um, promise. Um, in 1997, in a talk, oh, sorry, in a talk called As Good As Our Bond, uh, Sheldon F. Child said this, quote, but we must not overlook the powerful example of, example of Laban's servant, Zoram. Nephi commanded Zoram to follow him as he left the treasury, and it was only when he called to his brothers that Zoram realized that it was Nephi and not Laban whom he had followed. The scriptures tell us that Zoram began to tremble and was about to flee. When Nephi seized him and told him he, he need not fear, that he should be a free man if he would go down into the wilderness with them. Zoram promised that he would, he gave his word. And Nephi said, when Zoram had made an oath unto us, our fears did cease concerning him. He was a man to be trusted. His oath was binding. His word was as good as his bond. Honesty and integrity are not old-fashioned principles. They are just as viable in today's world. We have been taught in the church that when we say we will do something, we do it. When we make a commitment, we honour it. When we are given a calling, we fulfil it. When we borrow something, we return it. When we have a financial obligation, we pay it. When we enter into an agreement, we keep it. Close quote. Uh, I don't really have much more to say about that, other than the fact that it is an important principle, and one that clearly was followed in, in the Book of Mormon times. Um, I am going to leave it there, because we are now into 13 minutes. Thank you very much for, for listening today to this bite-sized episode of uh, studying this chapter. Um, thank you for taking part, and I would love it to hear your thoughts, review, a rate, rating, or even uh, something you've been studying. Please share it at MattSRoberts90 on Twitter, or email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Thank you very much for your time, and until we meet again.